I'd invite you to turn in your Bible to the book of Colossians. The book of Colossians. In chapter 4, we're just going to look at one verse before we really kind of look at the whole book. But Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2 says this. Devote yourself to prayer. Keep alert in it with an attitude of thankfulness. An attitude of thankfulness. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, our hearts are already full this morning. We have been blessed. What a joy it is to see baptisms and people dedicating themselves to you. Um, what a joy it is to be together today as a family, a church family. It's just such a wonderful thing. Now, Lord, as we come together uh, and open your word, as you speak to us through your word, I pray that we would, we would be ready, eager listeners ready to hear, ready to apply these things to our lives. Help us, Lord, to um, be attentive. I pray for understanding, illumination from the Holy Spirit. Lord, I just pray that you would work in our hearts through this passage. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the theme of the book of Colossians is... The all-sufficiency of Christ. Christ is sufficient. He is God. You don't get any greater than that. He is sufficient. Um, And also, our sufficiency in Him. When we put ourselves in Christ, then we are sufficient in Christ. Christ is sufficient, and we are sufficient within Christ. We have everything that we need. I'll show you that in chapter 2 and verse, verse 9. Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, For in him the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. That's just talking about Christ, that Christ was God. Okay? And as a result of that, verse 10, he says, And in him you have been made complete. We have everything. We are perfected in Christ. And he goes on. That's just, that's kind of the theme that runs throughout this book. The sufficiency of Christ and our sufficiency in that, but also a secondary theme that runs throughout this book is the theme of uh, our response. How do we respond to that? The obvious response is thanksgiving. We respond with thanksgiving. We are complete in Christ when we accept Christ or when we place ourselves in Christ. We are complete in Him. Our response then is thankfulness. And I want you to see that theme running throughout Colossians chapter 1. Go back to chapter 1 and verse 11. Now, in verse 3, he does mention thanks, but uh, that was just setting a tone for the book. And he introduces the, the topic there and the secondary theme. But look at verse 11, chapter 1 and verse 11. Strengthened with all power. That is us. We have been strengthened with all power. God has all power. He has strengthened us, strengthening us according to His glorious might. Now that's a whole lot, right? For the attaining of all steadfastness. As Christians, that's what we want to be. Steadfast. Unmovable. Stationary objects steadfast and patient. I love the terminology of Scripture. That's the picture of the Christian life is steadfastness and patience. Now, 
joyously, he goes on to say at the end of verse 11, joyously giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints. God has qualified us. He has made us qualified, capable of sharing in the inheritance in his family. He has brought us into his family and therefore we are, we are capable of having, uh, enjoying the inheritance of that. And what is our response? Thanksgiving. Thank, joyously giving thanks to the Father. It's just a natural reaction. It's what we do. That's what this church was doing. They were just joyously thanking the Father. Look at chapter 2 and verse 6. This is the passage that was read for us earlier. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so you received Him, so walk in Him. Application. To stay in Him. Walk with Him. Walk in Him. Having been firmly rooted, there's our picture again, and now being built up in Him, in Christ, established. Established in your faith. Just as you were instructed and overflowing with gratitude. When Paul was there discipling them, he was establishing them. He was putting their theological roots down deep so they would be established. And their response, they were overflowing with gratitude toward Paul. Thank you, Paul, for giving us and exposing us to the truth. That's a proper response. It's wonderful. Look at chapter 3 and verse 15. Now there's a shift in chapter 2 and chapter 3. Chapter 2, um, he is, he is, this is our sufficiency in Christ, what we have in Christ, the stability in Christ. And then he moves to, in chapter 3, he pushes for even more thankfulness. Look at verse 15. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. So let it. It is there. You have that peace. Let that rule in your heart to which you, to which indeed you are called in one body and be thankful. This is a command. Now he's pushing. You are thankful. Be more thankful. Verse 16. Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, thank, uh, wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your heart to God. Again, that's the theme. Thankfulness. He's pushing thankfulness. Verse 17. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through Him, Jesus Christ, to God the Father. Now you get this theme. You see this theme. Now we come to verse Chapter 4, verse 3. And then he says, devote. Devote yourself to prayer. That's our communication with God. We, we do it. It becomes a discipline of our life. It becomes something that we do. And he says, keep alert in it. Don't fall asleep. It's not lethargic prayer. This is alert prayer. And with an attitude of thankfulness. That's the attitude. So... The prayers of believers, in fact, every prayer of the believer should be with an attitude. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in my life. Thank you for this vast blessing that you have blessed me with. The all-sufficiency of Christ then leads the believer, leads the believer to even more thankfulness. Do you see that? You understand that? 
Paul is taking a church that is already thankful and he is wanting them to see the all-sufficiency of Christ and then respond in more thanksgiving. And that's a proper response. Continuously uh, giving thanks to the Lord because of what He's done. And He gives us the capacity when we understand more and more of who we are in Christ, what it is to be a Christian, our salvation, all the spiritual blessings, then we are more and more thankful. Now, this is not just say thank you. This isn't just a word. This isn't just one thought, actually. This is an attitude. And an attitude is a combination of thoughts. You understand that? It's a, it's kind of a, a way of thinking. A way of thinking. It's a, it's an attitude. And the question then becomes, what is thankfulness? What is this attitude that we are to have? The word, uh, thank you in this Situation and, and throughout really the New Testament is the Greek word Eucharistia. Now you'll see some Greek words on the left. It's the actually it's not the Greek letters, but this is close. Uh, it's the Greek, it's the English letters. But uh, anyway, you get the you get the point. Now I want you to see. Look at the the little description on the board there. The the usage of this term. <clears throat> it's widely used. Um, there's the Greek words on the left, and the, the translation is, is on the right there. You see that. But it's part of a family of words, Eucharistia. And within that, you have a suffix and you have prefixes uh, added to that. But that core word is really a whole family. There's a whole family of words. And families take on certain characteristics, right? Well, that's the way it is in the Greek. They take on certain characteristics. Look, you see grace, you see rejoicing, being glad. You see uh, kara is joy. You see showing favor, forgiveness, gift, a gift. You see rejoice with. And you see ah, you put the A in front of the, 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 the word. That negates it, that makes it a negative. So it's just ah, ungrateful. And then you have the last word is eucharistia. And it means, it means gratefulness. Gratefulness and thanksgiving. Gratefulness and thanksgiving. Now, look over in Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. I want you to just see some of the ways this word is used, even within... Now, now there's, there's 20 different times that it's mentioned in Matthew, but I just want to look at a couple. Matthew chapter 2, verse 10, says this. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced. They rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now you have the same word there that's, uh, that's just a little bit, maybe has a, a prefix or suffix on it. It's the same word, this rejoicing, this joy. And the context, of course, is the, the birth of Christ. Chapter 5 and verse 12. We'll just look at two just for the sake of time. Chapter 5 and verse 12. Rejoice and be and be glad. So there's your there's actually two words, the same family. Rejoice and be glad. You, you see that expression really throughout the whole of the New Testament. For your reward is in heaven. Uh, your reward in heaven is great. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets. So you see this word. The, the, the family characteristic of this word is that it is, it is joy, it is rejoicing, it is a giving of thanks, a bestowing blessing. 
you, you kind of get the attitude. You get it, you get the, the idea there. Now we also know that the word thanksgiving or thankful is a response, isn't it? It's something that someone has done for us or done to us that ignites a reaction or response. A response for us. Okay? It's a reaction or response. It's a favorable reaction. And the reaction may vary. Now, if you give me a piece of gum, I will accept that piece of gum and I will say thank you. And that's a response, right? And then I'll think, hmm, they must think my breath needs a piece of gum. Right? But now if you hand me the keys to an, a brand new F-150 and say, here is a, is a brand new truck. Now you're going to see a response. You're going to see a greater response. There's going to be hugging involved. There's going to be joy and rejoicing involved. Depending upon what the gift is, right? We understand that. And the response should be equal to the gift. Okay? Should be equal to the gift. And it's, it's joyous response is toward the giver of the gift. This joyous response. Now, when you look up thanksgiving or thankfulness or gratitude in the Webster's Dictionary, just look online, here's what they said. A short definition, but here's what they said. It's a, a conscious or being conscious of benefits received. That's it. Conscious of benefits received. Now that's, I look at that and I think that's not, that doesn't really fit what the, the biblical usage or the biblical understanding of that. I'm just conscious of it? No. I'm not just conscious. I'm, I'm rejoicing. I'm rejoicing. Conscious of benefits received. There's received benefits. I'm not just conscious of that. I am rejoicing in that. Now, so the second definition to Webster's uh, Dictionary says a, a good feeling. It's a good feeling. Maybe you put in the word glad. A good feeling that you have towards someone who has helped you or has given something to you. Now, that's a little bit better. But this is the way the Bible uses it. This is a lexical definition from the uh, Greek text. Thanksgiving or gratitude is the, the recognition. So I'm recognizing, yeah, you're doing something for me. I acknowledge that. I recognize that. This kindness, a recognition of a kindness given. So, so you're doing something for me. Maybe a, an encouraging word. Maybe a brand new truck or whatever. You're giving something to me that finds expression. Now that expression is expression. It has to be seen. It has to be, there's some visible expression of that. It finds expression in a gracious word or action. Now that's a biblical understanding of thanksgiving. Now let's flesh that out. How is that to be used in the, in the, uh, in the Christian's life? What's our understanding? What's a theology then of thanksgiving? Let's look at some of the ways it's used in Scripture. What does the Bible say? The greatest gift that any one of us can receive is not just life. It is eternal life. This life was given to us, and that's a wonderful thing. But this life is flawed. This life is going to die. But eternal life is going to be forever. The greatest gift that we could ever have is, is life 
And that life comes through Jesus Christ. And, and Jesus, we have been placed in Christ. And, and He is sufficient in His deity and His uh, resurrection, His work on the cross. And He has saved us and brought us into His family. We have this inheritance. And our response is thanksgiving. Our response is not just saying, ah, by the way, thanks, God. Appreciate it. Now, you see that from time to time from the world. You'll see these little responses. Oh, you know, just thank you. It's almost a flippant thing. You never see that in Scripture. Paul says the greater, the more you understand this salvation, the greater your capacity for thanksgiving will become. And it should become. And that thanksgiving is not just a, a word, oh, thanks. A flippant, no, this is a, an attitude of thanksgiving. In fact, in this passage, in Colossians chapter 4, it is a devote yourself to prayer. And that communication, devote yourself to prayer, and that is, that is a constant, continuous thing. And in that prayer is always bathed in thanksgiving. It's thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You have blessed us, Lord. It's a constant thing. For the Christian, it's a constant thing. It is, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, we see, it is the will of God for your life, Paul says, that you be thankful in everything. In uh, Luke chapter 17, you see this, uh, what happened to Christ, Christ's teaching there, that it was sinful to neglect being thankful. Sinful. Romans chapter 1, you see that as well. In um, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, we see that we are to be thankful in everything, in every circumstance, in every situation. In Ephesians chapter 5, just a few pages over, turn over to Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 4, because this is an interesting one here. Verse 4, it says, And there must be no filthiness or silly talk or coarse jesting which are not fitting. It's just not appropriate for believers. But rather, in replace of those filthiness, silly talk, coarse jest, and replace that with thanksgiving. So it's an antidote, essentially, for sin. Instead of your silly talk, instead of your coarse jesting, these innuendos of sexual uh, connotations, those kinds of things, replace that with thanksgiving. Replace it. That's a great, great thing to keep in mind. It's an antidote for sin. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to replace that with being thankful. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hebrews chapter 12. Turn over to there. This is another. This is just a wonderful one. The motivating factor, the primary motivating factor of the Christian life is thanksgiving. In Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Therefore, since we have received a kingdom. Now, boy, that it doesn't get any greater than that, Right? I mean, that encompasses salvation, that encompasses the inheritance, our working, our serving with Christ. Uh, it, it encompasses everything. Since we've received a kingdom which cannot be shaken, can't be taken away, can't even be moved, it's, it's stable, let us show gratitude. This is grateful spirit, gratitude, a grateful attitude by which... We, ha- we may offer to God an acceptable service of, with reverence and awe. And this acceptable service is a life. It's a life full of gratitude, a life full of obedience to God, a life full of, of work for God, sacrificing ourselves for God, 
With reverence and awe, he says, for our God is a consuming fire. We have to keep that in mind. Who we are serving here, there's respect there, there's caution there. But listen, it is to be a life of complete gratitude. That is the dominant, dominant attitude, really, of the Christian life. There's a joy in that. There's a rejoicing in that. It's a constant thing. Constant thing. And of course, we see in Revelation chapter 4, Revelation chapter 4, verse 9, Revelation 7, we haven't gotten to that yet, but... Thanksgiving is, a, is the primary part of praise, the biggest part of praise in, in uh, heaven. It's just constantly giving thanks to God. Now, that's the way it's being used in Scripture. Christians, then, must constantly be thankful. Now, it's really a natural thing for us to be thankful, isn't it? God has, when we are exposed, when we are exposed to God's Word, we see God's Word, we just respond, thank you, Lord, it's the, it's the right thing to do. It's, we, we just respond with thanksgiving. But the more we understand, the more our minds are full of the knowledge of this, the more we grow in our understanding of spiritual things, our understanding of our own salvation, then that capacity for thanksgiving grows. That's what Paul's wanting. That's what Paul's wanting. It's a constant thinking of the Lord. And and that attitude is not just toward the Lord, but it's toward everyone. That attitude just permeates the believer's life. Now you say, why is this so important? Why is this important? Turn over to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. This is really interesting. Because Paul saw this as a, as a crucial point. 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'll start in verse 1. We'll just read a couple of verses here. But realize this. That in the last days, difficult times will come. Difficult times will come. Now, Timothy, it's not always going to be easy. Difficult times are going to come. People are going to be against you. You're going to have to go upstream when the whole rush of water is coming downstream. You're going to have to stand. You're going to have to be stable. You're going to have to be rooted. You're going to have to be grounded. And here's what's going to hit you, Timothy. Here's what the culture is going to be like. For men will be lovers of self. That's arrogance and pride. Lovers of money. Boastful, arrogant. Revilers. Disobedient to parents. Ungrateful. Ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. Let's go back. Ungrateful? That, that is a characteristic of the unsaved. That's a characteristic of this, of, of a culture. They just become ungrateful toward God, ungrateful eventually toward others. Those who think that they're owed something is, is ungrateful. Other people are there to serve me. God is there to meet my needs. That's that's ungrateful. That's ungrateful. But that's the progress of the unsaved, sinful heart. When the unsaved, sinful heart just is allowed to, to go downstream, just the, the normal course of life, we become more proud, become more independent, we take God for granted, any, anything having to do with God, and we, we tend, we, we gravitate toward ingratitude, ungratefulness. And here's the key. Here's the key. We as Christians then have the opportunity 
with this one single virtue. Now, we have other virtues, but this with, with this one single virtue, we have the opportunity to stand firm in this one single, just being grateful while the rest of society is just becoming less and less grateful, less and less appreciative of God, less and less appreciative of other people. And here we are, we stand, we're just, we're grateful. That is a characteristic of our life, as that we're just grateful people. And Paul says, uh, look, in the latter days, Timothy, difficult times are going to come. This is what they're going to be like. One of the characteristics is going to be ungrateful. We have the chance to stand. We have the chance to be gracious. We have the chance to be grateful and demonstrate a a thankful attitude toward God and, and everyone else. And we should do that. We should do that. People should be able to look at Christians and say, man, he is different. One of the things that makes him different is he's thankful. He's a grateful person. So, this is what I want us to see. Turn over to the next slide. Christ must be those people who stand out with a grateful attitude toward God and toward others. Now, here's what I see. Here's what I see. I see sometimes that Christians, because we live in in this kind of bubble of grace... You understand that? We live this bubble of grace. So everybody loves each other. Oh, they'll, they'll take care of me. They'll look after this. They'll, other people are kind of looking out after me in this church, in this bubble of, of grace, that sometimes we let gratitude go. And what I see is many times that the unsaved are even more grateful than sometimes even the believers. Sometimes. I don't see that here at Daniel's Bible Church. I really don't. I think we're a grateful church. I do. But I think we have to stand firm. I think we have to understand what Thanksgiving is, an attitude of thankfulness, and we have to stand maybe even against the culture as it grows more ungodly. And here's the deal. We cannot take God for granted. We should not take our church family for granted. We should not take God's word for granted. When we are ungrateful, that's the first thing that we just kind of take each other for granted. It's easy for me to take my wife for granted. Now, here's the question. How can we develop an attitude for gratitude toward God and others? How do we develop that? How do we maintain an attitude of gratitude? My wife says that's an old little phrase from the 80s. Why'd you drag that thing up? And But it's, a, it's, a, it's an attitude of gratitude. And, and you say, how do you develop that? I want to develop that. I want to be a grateful person. How do I develop that? I'm glad you asked that question. It took you long enough to get there. But that's where we are. How do you develop that? That's what we want. There's three things. Three things. You knew that I was going to have three things, didn't you? Number one. We have to develop a biblical understanding of things. A biblical understanding of self and of God. Or you might say theology, that is the understanding of God, and anthropology, that is the understanding of man, the study of man, anthropology. And those two things, th- those are basic, fundamental things that we need to get right in our theology. If we don't, we're going to not be grateful. In theology, in our understanding of God, here's what we need to understand. That Thanksgiving, and this may shock you, 
But thanksgiving isn't necessarily an attribute of God. I mean, James chapter 1, verse 17, he says that every good gift, everything that is good, that is given to man, is it comes from God. In fact, nobody has given God anything. God is not beholding to, to man or anyone else for anything. We have not added one thing to God. Nobody has counseled Him. Nobody has given Him strength. Nobody has given Him, ah, oh, nice job, God. We don't do that. He has never found himself in a situation that he needs to respond in thankfulness. Oh, thank. There was a, 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 a deficiency in me that I needed, uh, I needed help with. God does not need our help. It's not an attribute of God necessarily. It's not. Why? Because he's the source of everything. Everything comes from him. And that's what we need to understand from our theology. All of our praise, all of our thanksgiving, all this rejoicing, it goes to God. He's the one that has given it anyway. It all comes from Him. We add nothing to Him. He needs nothing from us. He is the Creator. He is the Creator. And what do we need to know about ourselves? What do we know to know about man? Very simple. Just the opposite of God, who doesn't need anyone or anything else or anyone else. We are created. We are dependent, completely dependent upon our creator, which is God. Now, we may think that we're independent. We may think, oh, I can do this on my own. And that's the, that's where man is coming to quickly. So we've got this whole life thing figured out. We don't need, we don't need God. We've kind of outgrown God. And I believe there, there goes thankfulness. But when we understand our dependence upon God, when we understand that we're created beings and He sustains our very life like little babies, like babies that we've seen around here, that we, that mothers even have to hold them. They can't walk. That's us. That's us. We are, we are created beings completely dependent upon, upon God. And when God is replaced with evolution, then who is to be thanked? Either Mother Nature or for or or we pat our own selves on the back for coming up with this great, clever idea of evolution. So to develop an attitude of gratitude, we need to understand that we are dependent upon God. And God is dependent upon no one. Everything good comes from Him. Everything good comes from Him. Number two, developing this attitude of gratitude, we have to, we need a heightened awareness of our dependence upon God. We need to, we need to understand that. We, we are so independent people, such independent people. We don't see ourselves as, as dependent. And the, the, there is nothing that hinders thankfulness more and gratitude more and a, a, grat- a grateful attitude than pride. Than someone who thinks that they are deserving. That hinders thankfulness. That hinders thankfulness. I will, I will see God as 
there to meet my needs. I will see other people there to just serve me if I, if I have that kind of mentality. People are there just to stroke my ego, to, to kind of, uh, make me feel good, and to, to add to my self-esteem. You've seen, you've seen people like this. And any contribution, folks, any contribution that God adds to our life or other people add to our life is a reason for us to be thankful. We need to understand that. We need to understand that. Uh, to, to be dependent upon God and to not be grateful to Him. Think about that. I'm completely dependent upon Him. He could take my oxygen at any point. He could just take my heartbeat and I would be gone. And yet, I'm ungrateful. I'm ungrateful by... In fact, if you trace it back, it just it's really interesting to think through this. You trace it back, pretty much every sin, every sin, every act of rebellion against God is an ungrateful act. It, it, could, it could be traced back to ingratitude. I'm not grateful. God, I, I see that, but I want to do it my way. It's ingratitude. Now, this week, Dave Alderman and I were, was it Monday or Tuesday, we were out down over the hill digging, digging, trying to find a, a pipe that, uh, that was broken and, you know, was causing the problems in the, in the, uh, in the church. So Dave and I were out there digging and it was cold. It was cold and I didn't appreciate what I was doing. And um, I said, Dave, I started thinking, my hands were cold. I said, Dave, I've got two college students at home. And they're warm and dry and nice and cozy. I said, we don't need a digging. We did, we did, we exposed the pipe. We knew where it was. We knew where we were going to, but it, there's a lot more digging to be done to, to get it to be able to change that pipe. So I called up my son. I said, Caleb, I said, can you guys, uh, you and Daniel, his friend, I said, can you guys come over and do some digging for us? Without a hesitation. Absolutely, Dad. Sure. What do you, what do you need? And threw some shovels in the car and they come up. And these strong, strapping young men, they'd do it in half the time that we would do. Now, if he would have said, if he would have said, no, Dad, you know, I'm nice and warm here. I don't, I don't really care to be cold. I really don't like work in general anyway. If he would have said that, what would that have been? That's ungrateful. I mean, he is sitting there at home using my electricity, (laughs) using my water, using almost my oxygen. (laughs) If there was a way to regulate it, I'm telling you, there would be regulated. And then he tells me, no, I'm not going to do that. And that's exactly our picture, isn't it? Just, God, I want to do it my way. I'm going to do it my way. That's ingratitude. It's not grateful to God at all. But the act of obedience, that's grateful. Yes, Lord, I'll serve you whatever you want me to do. Why? Because you've given me the greatest, the biggest life, the biggest gift that anyone can ever give. And so you deserve the greatest act of of graciousness, the greatest act of joy given back to you, of thankfulness given back to you. So every act of gratitude or ingratitude is is sin. We need to understand that we're completely dependent upon God and any sin, that's just ingratitude. It's just not, it's not right for believers. 
We need to eliminate pride from our life. And that's a lifetime of work. So, if we're developing an, if we're developing an attitude of gratitude, we have to heighten our understanding, our dependence on God. And then number three, we can go to the third slide. Discipline. We need to discipline ourselves in the habit of expressing gratitude. Have you ever been in a situation where, and I do this from time to time, I'll go out with some of the guys, you know, one, one man, and he'll buy me, he'll buy me lunch, and we'll just have a wonderful time. It'll be a great time of fellowship, and, and I get in my car and drive away, and on my way, I, I say, ah, oh, he paid for dinner, and I forgot to thank him. Now, that happens to me, and I don't know about you. Sometimes I just forget. Sometimes it's just in the, in the uh, fun time that we've had together, and I just leave, and I just think, that has to be a habit in my life. And it has to be built in. It doesn't... The joy may be there, but the practice, the actual, uh, the actual expression of that gratitude needs to be there. And I think that's sometimes something that we're missing. And let me tell you another shocking thing. Christ, and remember I already said, Thanksgiving is not an attribute of God necessarily. But Christ, think about this, Christ is the epitome, He is the perfect example of someone that was grateful. He really was. And it just, it really kind of just blows my mind. He in his Godhood, he needed nothing. But when he set aside that God, that glory, and submitted himself to the Father, he became completely dependent upon his Heavenly Father. Completely dependent. And in every act then, you would see him, every act you would see him giving praise, giving thanksgiving to his Heavenly Father. He thanked the Lord for what? His food? Yeah. Thank you, Lord, for this food. This day, at this time, thank you, Lord, for providing this food. He thanked the Lord for answered prayer. He thanked the Lord, we see in Scripture, for even theology. Thank you, Lord, for this and this and that. You should study that out. He is a perfect example of thankfulness. In his Godhood, he didn't need to thank anyone. But in his manness, in his manhood, he was the perfect example of thankfulness. That's amazing to me. That's amazing to me. That's a balance. And you see that in Scripture. You see that. Study his life. He is a perfect example. He submitted himself to the Father. And he, he depended upon his Father for, for the Father's plans. Lord, not my will be done, but your will be done. For the Father's guidance. For the Father's perspective on things. For even his daily food, like I said. And we need to look to Christ for an example. He was thankful. And he expressed that thanksgiving to God. You say, well, how do we do that? How do we, how do we express thanksgiving to God? Well, Paul says in the Colossians passage here, he says to be thankful in prayer. So in our prayer to God, it should just constantly flow and off of our tongue. Thank you, Lord, for this. Anything that would come to mind. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We're just all completely dependent upon you. We need to be thankful in our praise to God. 
thankful in our songs. And of course we need to be thankful in our obedience. A life of thanksgiving to God. A life of just, Lord, whatever you want me to do, absolutely. Don't hesitate. I'm your guy. Just like Isaiah. He says, Lord, here am I. Send me. I want to show. I'm eager to show my gratitude toward you. A Christian then, in, in a, an increasingly unthankful world, we have a unique opportunity here to be thankful. To have a rejoicing heart, a rejoicing spirit within us because we've been given the greatest of blessings. The greatest of blessings. We should be thankful people. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, You are so kind to us. And Lord, we, we are so ungrateful many times. We're, we're just ungrateful. Sometimes, Lord, the joy's in our heart, yet we, we forget to just say it. We forget to thank You. We forget to appreciate others. Appreciate others for what they've done to, with us, for us. And we recognize that every good gift comes from You. You may use other people. But ultimately, it comes to you. Lord, help us to be express our thanksgiving to you. Express our thanksgiving to other people as well. You made us dependent people. And that's a wonderful thing. We're just created beings. And it's a natural thing for, for your creation to just give you praise, give you thanksgiving, give you joy, bestow blessing upon you. Every good thing comes from you. Lord, help us have that mindset. Thank you for your word. This precious time that we've had today. Wonderful baptism time. Wonderful time to just be together as a church family. We take that for granted. But we thank you for it. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to ask you to stand. If we could be of help to you, we'd love to be able to do that. Throughout the week, I'm in my office or today, just grab us. One of the elders will be able to help you in any way. Uh, we're here to serve you. We really are. I will say this. I know Thanksgiving is already over, but I, I will say this. I am just a blessed man. I'm very thankful to be the pastor of Daniel's Bible Church. Very, very blessed. It was a privilege to work with so many of you on Thursday, just giving out meals to people. It's a gracious act. Very kind thing to do. And it's the joy of my heart. I really enjoy it. Tim, come and lead us. Let's close in song together. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and 